Thanks for listening to the Pro Video Podcast. Weekly insights into everything video. Proudly presented by worldpodcast.com. Here's the host, Blair Walker. Hi everyone, thanks for joining me on episode one. I'm Blair Walker on the Pro Video Podcast. We'll be gaining insights and knowledge from incredible content creators around the world. Expect to hear tips and stories across all areas of creating video content, plus the tools and technologies that help us. On this episode, I'm talking with Rich Nosworthy, a talented 3D motion designer working on projects for companies like Adobe and Google. We find out how he got his start in the industry and what inspired his migration to New Zealand. We discuss the challenges of working remotely on large-scale projects. We delve into a lot of the tools used for 3D motion and resources that really help in this process. Let's go to that conversation with Rich Nosworthy. Thanks, Rich Nosworthy, for joining me today on the Pro Video Podcast. Really quickly, do you mind sharing who you are and what type of work you're doing? Yeah, sure. Um, hi, Blair. Thanks for having me, and it's a pleasure to be here on your the birth of your new show. My name's Rich Nosworthy. Um, I'm a freelance, I guess, 3D artist. My, my career path came from like originally VFX and that sort of area. Then I moved into motion design um, mostly sort of 2d and i've kind of gone back into 3d again now so these days i pretty much work just sort of 3d cinema 4d that kind of thing just generally contracting out to studios yeah from home at the moment i've been doing freelance for about a year um i've been pretty lucky so far with work and stuff so yeah it's going pretty well excellent your start was in vfx where was that uh that was back in london yeah so um yeah like like most people out of school after you do the whole video store and record store jobs and stuff i ended up uh getting a job working as a runner at mpc in london just a complete random walked in one day with my cv while handing out to a bunch of other places and um got invited to to start work there basically and was a great sort of like jump into the industry from that from there obviously you do that for a while i went on to render wrangling which is for those who don't know it's basically looking after render farms it's a night shift it's not the most glamorous thing but you're yeah you're basically making sure that the jobs people are putting through at night are um getting through for the next morning eventually managed to get a a, a gig working on um the first actual gig I got was Batman Begins, which was very lucky, but it was just a very small junior role um, working on that. But I spent five years at MPC and learned heaps from people there. That was kind of the, the start of it, I suppose, and that's where I learned most of my sort of 3D and VFX sort of background to things. Awesome. Yeah. I've been a huge fan of your work for a number of years now. Oh, thanks, and, man. Um, <laughs> nah. I, I, I remember coming across your work uh, for Paul's Fest and... Um, looking at just being awestruck and then I saw that you were based in Auckland and I was like wow this is coming out of New Zealand so I reached out and I was just completely stoked selfishly that you are based in Auckland (laughs) so so how did you end up coming to New Zealand um yeah it's a small country isn't it when you find out that people are yeah so close to that um yeah so yeah we were in me and my partner were living in um we met in London and we've been there for like almost eight or nine years, I think. Uh, it was just a case of wanting to kind of get out of there before we ended up spending our whole lives there and just wanted to try something new. Um, I'd been over to New Zealand a couple of years before in 2008, um, uh, just for visiting, um, visiting a friend. Uh, it was a short stop off from uh, while I was in uh, New Zealand. Uh, sorry, while I was in Australia, I came over to, um, Wanaka for for a week or so uh, and I just loved it like just the sort of the people and the relaxed vibe and just it was just completely different from London so 
um, yeah, the plan was to come back and try and find work over here. And of course, it took a few years to save up and <laughs> all that sort of thing. But yeah, me and my wife came back in um, 2010. And um, yeah, we've been here ever since. Look, seven years now. Uh, costs too much to go home. So yeah, pretty much <laughs> stuck here now. But um, but yeah, man, it's it's awesome. Just like, you know, the, the beaches and the, the quality of life. It's it's something else. So yeah. Yeah. We'll share links to your website. Um, the work that you have on here is outstanding. I'm just wondering from your perspective, what, what are the ones that are your, your most favorite? Um, probably, I mean, my, my most favorite was probably the Pause Fest one, I guess. I mean, that was, that was such a, a crazy, interesting project. Um, yeah, I, I, got, I got asked to do that a few years ago and it was it was, I almost had no idea what I was doing with it to start with. <laughs> I, it was me and uh, my friend Wes, he was the sound designer and we were just sort of trying out these ideas and, um, building it up from there. Um, I had this sort of loose idea of having these sort of, these sort of weird sort of mechanical structures sort of floating about in the sky above us. And it was a lot of testing and sort of putting it together. Um, but yeah, I never expected anything like the kind of response I got from it. Like when it went out there, it was pretty pretty crazy and scary how how big it was i almost didn't even realize before i'd put it out there like i guess how big it could be um yeah but just just the response from people was amazing um yeah and to that end it's still probably one of my favorite pieces it was it was a strange process because it was just trying to get that last little bit to make it finished to make it a finished piece was quite a lot of work but um yeah it went down well and i enjoyed it a lot yeah as i said that was actually the piece that i came across and first um found you and your work it's pretty weird to be honest like i mean it's not very commercially uh viable but it's uh it was uh it was i don't know i guess it's it got something that kind of connected with people or just the, the funness of it i suppose so yeah just very different but um a unique style of amazing 3d work but the motion design and animation and character that you're bringing through with every element and there was quite a few of them. yeah 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 <laughs> it was kind of just like a collection of ideas almost just like, like trying to and then trying to turn that into a like a whole world i suppose of, of things so yeah <laughs> excellent stuff most recently i was watching the adobe max and um, thinking how beautiful those intro titles were and then suddenly you send me a message saying, <laughs> oh, yeah, I worked on those. <laughs> <laughs> Just casually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. That was, um, that was a fun job. That was, a, that was a, a quite a recent one, actually. Yeah, obviously. And um, it, was, it was probably the largest thing I've done freelance. Um, there, was a, there was quite a big team behind it. Um, I, I, I myself was contracted by a studio in the States called Mad Microbe Studios, who'd, who I, I'd, I'd worked with one of the guys there on um, the X particles beta team so he'd known me before um and of course the whole thing was run by adobe um there was um pix productions who was the agency and um uh pretty damn sweet who were the directors of it so there was quite a few of us all sort of pooling together and i was working for this one studio mad microbe who was in turn working for pretty damn sweet and they were working for the agency so it all all led up like this very meta yes very much (laughs) i mean i never i never got anywhere close to the to the to the top guys but um yeah it was it was it was good because it was it was well structured and there was a nice sort of like 
it was a nice group of people working on it and a good collaboration. It was it was probably I mean I was on it for almost two months I suppose, and it was a a real fun project because there was a lot of um, concepting concepting of ideas um, from the very beginning. Um, the idea of having like this, it was a very interesting stage. It was like it's quite strange triangular sh- shaped beast, but looked very cool compositionally. And the idea was to try and sort of like use that space as much as we could. Um, get the, the obviously the Max logo in there a fair bit and just having these different looks for it. Like there was a hair look, there was like this sort of architectural style look. Um, yeah, there was all sorts going on in there. And it was uh, just trying to find, the hardest bit was obviously as, as always, is just trying to get the way to get the transitions between those and get it flowing into one continuous piece. Um, I mean, a lot of the stuff as well, like certain areas were based upon like the some of the concept art from the, the splash screens of the Adobe thing like there was an exploding barn which was from the I believe it's the After Effects one yeah yeah. that's right yeah so it was it was trying to sort of find all these ideas weave them together into like this sort of narrative I suppose and um, and yeah just to to develop it into a piece that was interesting and engaging and just an interesting start to the whole show I suppose so yeah we'll put a link in the show notes uh, to that piece um could you describe to the listeners what parts you worked on? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, we, we all kind of bounced around a little bit on the stuff. Um, I, I kind of worked on a lot of the stuff at the beginning. The, there's a starting sequence with um, uh, lots of LED lights. When the stage first comes on, it's um, these flowing patterns that go through it. That was um, quite a challenge in itself with them, the amount of lights and trying to get them rendered and stuff. <laughs> oh, man. Um, then there's also the, there's a scene where the stage sort of bursts into a hair. That was another one I'd sort of developed and took on uh, further. Um, there's a bit with uh, the architectural sort of forms. There's this kind of concrete looking, um, I don't know how you describe it. It's kind of like a, an area or space with these um, blue glowing max letters. These are all sort of the bits right at the beginning. Um, uh, and there was some stuff at the end as well, like one, one, a, a part where we're going over like this desert landscape and the, and the sort of background coils back over itself. Yeah. Uh, there was a fair few bits. I mean, we would spend like time obviously on each of those and developing them and yeah, just making them into their own particular pieces. But yeah, that was kind of a, the main bits I, I worked on specifically, but I say we passed it around a bit between the other people on the project. So I jumped onto some of their stuff and they jumped back onto mine and things like that. Really collaborative process. It sounds yeah, like. yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun and nice sort of team spirit. So yeah. How was it working, being based in New Zealand? I'm thinking most of the teams were in the States. Yep, yep. Um, those guys, both both the studio, Mad Microbe and Pretty Damn Sweet, are based in Philadelphia. So, um, yeah, it was it was kind of, it was interesting. Like, I, I, I like it. It's uh, You sort of work through their night. They they do their own stuff during the day and then give you feedback in the morning. Um, obviously gets confusing sometimes especially around the weekend is which day it is <laughs> and um the other the other thing that is good is obviously new zealand is right ahead of the day so you've almost being here you've almost got a full extra day to any deadline which is kind of nice because you've got that that you know the, the day is going to arrive for them at you're the end working of your on day, sunday so, exactly yeah <laughs> so it's it does work in favors like that but um yeah i mean it's, Except when it's their Friday, they're um, wanting you to come home from the beach to fix something. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but you explain it's not, yeah, it's not as easy as that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's it's, it's fun. I mean, it, it can obviously, as, as you'd expect, it, it's it can be difficult as well. Just working so 
like obviously sometimes it's great just to have someone in an office and just say look you know like this make it look like this try it like this but um yeah it was it was a lot of sort of like passing stuff back and forth through dropbox you know doing reviews saying what's not working they had like their edit going on which i'd be feeding stuff into and it's uh yeah it worked out pretty well so it was a good fun process i'd like to uh yeah like to sort of do more excellent a lot of people were moving from making HD content to 4K. I'm, yeah. I'm looking at what that <laughs> video was, and it's a little bit bigger. Oh man, yes, it was. Um, yeah, it was. It was about no. The final one was seventy. No, uh, fifteen thousand five hundred pixels. So fifteen K across, pretty much. And um, yeah, we didn't know at the time, but apparently this this we found out afterwards that this was the the biggest pixel density that's ever been attempted on a stage. So. We were like, okay, cool. <laughs> it's good to know that at the end and not at the start. And um, in, in a way, it was kind of, it was, that was another thing that made it very tricky because obviously it's very hard to, you know, you can't really preview stuff at that resolution. Um, you, can, you can render out a still frame, which takes ages, and then um, you can look at it, but you can't really review that on a, on a monitor, you know, except for just trying to pan around this massive movie that's playing. Um, but it also made it an interesting challenge in terms of like the detail because what looks one way when you're working on a, a small screen when you blow it up to full to the full size can look completely different i mean in, in most cases it looked really nice like it was great like the hair stuff like when you actually saw it at the final res it was like wow this is, this looks you can see so much more detail inside that stuff um but yeah it's definitely something to be aware of and man yeah i know 2k was hard enough then 4k <laughs> Like I, I started rendering at like 640 or whatever and that was that was that took all day and all night back back in the old days so <laughs> yeah it's getting more challenging for sure yeah when i was at tech myself i i i kind of enjoyed that we had this little break that was enforced and um yeah rather than some of the other students who were doing print work and just sitting there by the printer waiting for that piece of paper to come through. Yeah. <laughs> but with um, the amount of rendering that goes into that, um, I'm thinking that there must have been some cloud rendering involved. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was, um, I mean, the most, I mean, yeah. So when we started off, like um, the studio um, Mad Micro mostly works sort of just in, um, they actually, most of the time they work doing sort of medical illustrations and medical animations um, very cool stuff, but it's kind of a bit different. And they mostly use Cinema 4D as just standard render and stuff like that. Um, and we tried to use that as much as possible. There was another artist on there, Brett, Mor um, Brett Morris, who's from this, um, over in the States at the moment, but another Australian um, motion designer. He was on at the start, and both him and me were using Octane a little bit at the beginning. Um, and that was that's very good for getting like your sort of like concepts out and stuff like that but it can obviously lead to very big slowdowns later on yep. like not having the ability to farm that stuff out and at the moment like gpu is still a bit of a gray area with that stuff yep. there's not a lot of farms around that can sort of manage it so um yeah we, we kind of kept octane to the to the minimum there was one shot i think or maybe two that we used octane for and then the rest was sort of either standard cinema 4d renderer or there was a couple of shots done with V-Ray, which, which was a real, um, worked out really, really well with this one. So not using the physical renderer? And uh, we did for some stuff. Yep. Yep. I mean, like that, that's the one thing I mean is third party renderers are always, they never quite got the integration that you've got with some of the stuff in Cinema 4D, like the standard render. And so sometimes it's like, that is just the way to go. If you want to render hair a certain way or something like that, like all the hair stuff was just done with the normal standard renderer. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, they, they had, um, it was all done mostly on render farms for the final shots. We had, I, I'd render little tests obviously locally and stuff like that, but uh, they've got, um, they've got an account with Render King. So we, a lot yeah. of it was done through that. And there was also, um, I forget the other one, the big Ranch, one. Renderer, Rebus. Rebus, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So a lot of it went through Rebus, but man, it's, it's funny yeah. how quickly you, you, you can see your, your, your credit just <laughs> dropping with those sort of frames and you're like, oh man, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is the beauty of um, the GPU is um, the short power, but um, but true. But you can't. You, the annoying thing is you can't. You can only do one frame at a time, which mm-hmm. is where the, the the bottlenecks really become apparent. You know, yeah. it is quick, but it's not quick when you've got a thousand frames to render out five minutes each. You can't like send it to a farm, which is. I'm guessing soon it will change and they'll start. Yeah. So Otoy, um, who uh, make Octane, have been saying that their their cloud render will be available they've been saying this for a number of years now i know yeah i um i don't yeah i've 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 heard about it before i even got into octane and it's been going for a while um i'm not sure yeah it's funny there's they even with their v3 release there was a lot of like a lot of it came out quite early and it take a took a long time to actually make it through to the final product i'm just i wonder if it's just the complexity of like having to get all that stuff working and it's it's yeah, it's the first time that a lot of that stuff's been ever attempted, so maybe it's just the, you know, there's the scale issue of it all. Yeah, I don't know. It would be, it would make a lot of people's lives a lot easier though when yeah. that comes out. <laughs> yeah, it's um it's interesting. There's um the grayscale gorilla guys coined the phrase the uh, render wars. Yes, and, um, yeah. Just seeing where it's all leading for the industry, where basically the end goal is just making beautiful imagery much faster and much easier. Yeah, it is, I suppose. But it kind of, I guess, it still reminds me of when I used to make CG on like smaller computers, and it still took just as long, and <laughs> so much effort. But you just, you can just push the settings higher now. You know, yeah. it never, it never gets quicker. You just, you just add more stuff in and <laughs> find more stuff to basically <laughs> waste time rendering. Yeah, yeah. So. um there's been some other projects that have been outstanding and quite well known globally. And I think 99 frames, the opening um, titles for that were were some graphics that I thought just, again, outstanding with so much character. Did you want to tell the audience a little bit about that project? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um yeah, it's it's kind of funny. A lot of the a lot of the ones I'm most famous for are probably the ones that are not actual commercially viable products projects. You know, they're they're sort of the ones that um, have been sort of side passion projects and things like that. Um, so that one came out of um, I had entered um, the 99 frames contest the year before. Which, if you guys don't know, it's a it's a kind of a it's a not it's not annual anymore. It used to be, but it's a contest every year sort of partly run by Maxon um, to create three seconds of animation. Everyone does it. We all put it together and it makes one big sort of collaborative group project, I suppose, quite similar to what you guys have organized recently with the uh, Addo Brown trip, uh, which was very successful and recently completed. <laughs> we should talk about it more. Um, yeah, so um, anyway, I got I got talking to the, and quite good friends with the founder of that, who's David Drayton, who used to work for Maxon. And he... The year after, he was asking if I could maybe do a trailer for for the next one. And it was, again, it was pretty much could be anything I wanted. And obviously, uh, trying to keep it simple, but as always, I managed to go completely overboard and make it way more complicated than I ever needed to. Um, yeah, and it was, it was kind of, 
I kind of had this idea after trying a few ideas that were quite sort of abstract, sort of usual kind of stuff I was doing, maybe similar to the pause fest thing. I kind of had this idea of maybe trying to make put more character into it, and I'd, I'd been messing around with sort of the character tools in Cinema 4D and really wanted to try and do a, a character piece. Um, yeah, and there wasn't any particular deadline on this as such. It had to be done sort of towards the end of the year, but it's it was a good one to kind of just pick away at in the spare time. Um, so yeah, I kind of made this, uh, you know, designed this robot character, which then became a couple of color variations. And then once I'd done a few little tests, it kind of was quite interesting to see, like, you know, maybe these guys could be, you know, trying to create their own sort of entry to the 99 frames. And that obviously led on to the fun uh, scenes and scenarios that you could do with that. So, yeah, it was a it was a good fun project. And first time I'd ever really done any proper character animation. Um, really? Well, That's I mean, I did, I did it. I I. I <laughs> maybe like eight years ago I wanted yeah. to, when I was doing VFX I wanted to, I was thinking about trying to do some character animation and walk cycles and stuff but yeah it was uh, it was kind of trying to pick that back into that sort of frame of thinking and picking up the old uh, animated survival kit and yeah. trying it like that but um, yeah I don't I'm, I'm not a character animator by any trait <laughs> I can do it a little bit but yeah what came through is really your understanding of motion though that yeah it was it was fun it was kind of it, it was and it was kind of, I, I learned a lot during it as well. Like I, I got into, I originally was starting off just the sort of standard follow through animation and stuff, but quickly became easier for me to sort of do it with the old breakdowns and stuff like that. There yeah. was a few, there's a few really good tutorials on um, digital tutors that I'd watched recently, which was talking about like refining your animation poses and stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, once you've got those, I mean, it, character animation could be so complex as well. Like there's so many things going on. It's like if you can lock down those key poses and just get all your breakdowns done it's almost like by the time you convert it to a like a spline animation you know you've yeah. hopefully got like 90 percent of the way there and it's just some fine tweaking i think i did the same tutorials actually now it's called um <laughs> plural site yes that's right branding. I, keep, I keep going to it and not being able to find it anymore but. so those of you looking for that content and, and it very much is the blocking and getting the blocking the timing right and then when it does turn into the curves just then having the ability to look at how the arcs are flowing and and yeah. uh, most of the work is done in the blocking yeah, it's it's kind of interesting it's, it's it's really interesting sort of thing to kind of study and, and look into it's it's a tough thing though it's uh, a yeah, yeah. <laughs> years and years of practice which i suppose is um one of the biggest challenges of our industry is that there is a, so much ongoing learning and it's having opportunities arise um taking those when they do come along yep yeah i agree i mean it's kind of yeah i couldn't agree more it's 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 hard especially i find with even more like now i'm doing freelance work it's you're particularly you're being brought in to do a particular thing um and maybe if you you haven't done it before you know then you're not necessarily going to get asked to do that so if you're interested in trying to like pursue new areas it's it's very much down to you sort of trying to make time in your spare time to do that um yeah and that that's obviously when you're working long hours it's the hardest thing yep yeah so um our listeners looking at your work on your website say outstanding portfolio is this is this the everyday or are there some jobs on there that pay the bills that maybe not oh, sort of yeah absolutely man <laughs> yeah 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 i mean it's kind of, yeah a lot of obviously yeah we've i've done lots of things from flash banners to 
website designs. Like I, I, when I first came to New Zealand, I was working for, um, I first got a job at Bunker, um, which is a small studio boutique down in the Britomart. Um, really great guys to work for. And um, they do all sorts. Like they do everything from design to, they've made, made Housebound, that movie last year. And yes, yeah, so they've got a real multidisciplinary sort of set going on. But yeah, so working there was fun because it kind of, in one way, it kind of gave me this, ability to work on lots of different stuff like all sorts of design all kind of things like that but also there was sort of time to explore like when we, when it wasn't super busy we'd have like time to sort of try out ideas and see if things would work um yeah and so it kind of yeah it kind of stemmed from there but yeah in answer to your question no like <laughs> a lot there's a lot of work obviously that you don't always want to put on your website um but you do it obviously to, to pay the bills and it's yeah i think there's a lot of students um coming into the industry who can feel a little bit dismayed about how daunting it is to get to where they want to be mm. so to hear that um that there is going to be a lot of work that isn't going to be portfolio worthy but though you learn from each and every one of those experiences and they help build the fund foundation of what you will become yeah absolutely i mean i've i mean i almost feel like most my most of my favorite pieces haven't actually been for paid work you know and it's I think a lot of maybe similar artists kind of find a similar thing. You know, it's kind of where I guess where the real passion comes from is when you're doing something that speaks to you personally. Um, it's hard. I mean, you know, it's 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 ideally we'd all love to do be able to do like amazing stuff for any project that comes through the door, but it's it's not always down to us. And yeah, so I think often those sort of like personal side projects, if you can fit them in, if you can find the time, which is obviously not easy. Um, that can often be a, a good sort of outlet and it also helps, you know, get yourself known more as well. I, we had a discussion um, online a few months ago about uh, reels and show reels and what you, work you should be putting on. And yes. <laughs> very distinctly, you said, put on the work that you want to be doing. Yes, <laughs> I would agree because I, I've, yeah, I've, I've made a few reels in my time and it's always when, when people come up to you and go, wow, I loved your reel and I want you to, I was wondering if you could do this. You'll find it's the thing you put right at the end that you, you kind of thought, should I put it on there? Oh yeah, why not? And then it's like, oh, I never want to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's almost like, um, it's almost like an advert for yourself, you know, and it's a lot of reels can be a bit disingenuous because you don't quite know what part they did make and, you know, seeing a, a fancy edit to music is completely different from watching those spots individually. So it's, it can be a very sort of false interpretation of what you've been doing, I suppose. But yeah, ultimately you kind of want to get people engaged and you want them to kind of see what you, what you've enjoyed doing and what's, what's been like passion, like a passion project for you, I suppose. So yeah, I think, I think I would always just say, put your best stuff on there and just anything you're not too sure about i would be very keen to leave that off <laughs> <laughs> so i just wanted to go through what tools you use mm. in creating your work yeah oh it's well yeah it's a real mix obviously like cinema 4d is probably my main one um for just about all stuff i see it as a good base um very sort of stable application um and then just for other bits and pieces i sort of dive into other areas like for sculpting and stuff i when i do do it i sort of generally go into sort of zbrush if possible um i've been sort of messing around a bit with houdini recently which is really fun but man it's got a huge learning curve so i don't know i just if every time you feel like you're getting somewhere you, you have a few weeks off and you kind of forget it all again um 
Uh, yeah, I, I, do, I do a lot of my modeling in cinema, mainly. It's got a lot better over the last few years. And, um, yeah, a little sort of, like UVing and stuff, I've been moving to something called 3D Coat, which is really good because it's got a lot of um, great tools for unwrapping your models really easily. And, and I've actually gone into um, this one called Substance Painter, um, in the last six months or so which is really good for like it's kind of a good replacement for body paint it's very intuitive but it's kind of right on the right on the ball where sort of body paint should be if they carried on developing or they'd had the, the, the time and the focus to carry on developing it so yeah that's kind of that nice. and I mean most of my stuff is 3D for the most part I don't do a huge amount of 2D these days um, obviously little colour grades and stuff in um, After Effects and things like that um, even been trying to learn a little bit of black magic fusion which is mm-hmm. a very good comping tool because uh is it free it is for yeah. um up to 4k i think there's a there's like um there's a pro version which is a thousand dollars but it's kind of you know it's kind of comparable to nuke but much cheaper yeah. obviously nuke's like the, the daddy for that sort of thing but it's very expensive as well especially for studios so I heard it was quite snappy when dealing with um small Small scenes and things, um, but Nuke might scale a bit better. But yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah, I mean, I haven't dug too deeply into Black Magic, but it is it's it's nicely designed, um, and I, I quite like that sort of nodal workflow yeah. of compositing for that sort of thing. Um, yeah, back from my VFX days, I suppose. So yep. yeah, <laughs> were you were those uh, the days of Shake? Yes, Way I back. learned on Shake. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I think that was an introduction to nodes for a lot of us. Yeah, it had a crazy interface as well, all bubbles and things like that. It was uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Apple bought it, and it ended yeah, up it. being <laughs> spread throughout Final Cut and motion and compressor and things right sad really but yeah nuke shot up from that didn't it it, became it did massive so yeah, and the foundry have just rebranded now i see as uh, well yeah i saw they had a new website yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they dropped the the oh just foundry <laughs> just foundry ah yeah interesting i used to work down the road from them it's always i've seen seeing that it's all in in soho it's all like on yeah. one blooming street it's really weird it's just like <laughs> every neighbor is like some crazy studio or um tool place <laughs> You definitely wouldn't want to burn your bridges in that town. No, no, exactly. <laughs> Bump into your former co-workers quite yeah, regularly. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so Maxon making Cinema 4D, R18 was released last year. Yeah. And you had a little bit of the um, 99 frames rig in there. Was that right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the guys, um, I forget his name now. Sorry. One of the guys from Maxon contacted me to ask about whether they could feature uh, one of the robot rigs in the content browser. So, yeah, honest, obviously I was stoked to uh, finally get something in there. Feels like a, it's kind of a holy grail of, of Cinema 4D. So, yeah, yeah, I was more than happy to provide that one. So that's in there now. I think it's in the character examples section. Uh, do you know if that's um, available in the light version, which comes free with After Effects? Good question. I'm not sure, actually. Um, it does use... I mean, it was built it, with... It character. It, probably <sighs> not, actually, would it? I don't know. It I mean, it's, not, it's not using the character object. It was built right. like by just out of n- joints and stuff, which I think are available in broadcast. So okay. I've got... They do, they do arrange it in kind of a, a fashion that's linked to like the releases, so like, things are in studio. So Yeah. But it doesn't need studio, as far as I know. Okay, there's a listener question. Yeah. Um, you can feed back to us and tell us whether you've got access to it and have a bit of a play and maybe share what you do with the yeah, model. Yeah, tell me if it's broken. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely does break in some bits. Like the, yeah, the legs do pop out if you push it too hard. So, yeah. <laughs> there is no perfect rig. No, exactly. 
So being based in New Zealand, I'm really interested to know how how you find it being engaged with the international community. It's kind of funny, you know, because it was when I first came over here, it felt like I was very much a man on the outside. And yeah, it, it takes a lot of effort, I think, to kind of get your stuff out there, maybe. I mean, I, I went from just having lots of projects on my computer that no one ever saw to one day just being fed up and just going right I'm going to start posting stuff and which is kind of what I started doing dailies and everyday sort of thing just just to try and sort of get some more communication going out there with via Twitter and things like that so it's a funny one we're a long way away and we've got that little internet pipe that just connects us to the rest of the world certainly we're like linking to Australia as well they've got their their festivals popping up now like Nodefest which hopefully you know at some point might be coming over here to hopefully start to see that sort of becoming a bigger thing in New Zealand and to really push the motion scene more it's uh when i first got over here it, it seemed like a very very small community and i wasn't sure initially maybe whether i made the right decision to come over here yeah. but um like in the last couple of years i've certainly seen it grow a lot bigger than it ever was when i first came here a lot of it's just about like just social media stuff you know and, and pushing your work out there and even like the project i'm working on at the moment which is another one with those guys from um that i worked on for the max thing you know they're always just sort of like scouring sort of behance and stuff for artists that they can work with if, you know if, if you've done like a cool personal project you know you never know who's going to see it yeah. and maybe invite you to maybe work on something so what would your recommendation be for posting your work putting it on as many social networks and video content sites as possible yeah maybe i mean it's yeah i mean I, it's almost like there's been a bit of a backlash against the old everyday stuff recently with so many people doing it and um but you know, it's like, I think I think there's still a lot of people out there with unique work who are putting like great work out and great personal projects. Twitter's been good for me. You know, it's a bit nerdy, but the whole hashtagging stuff, like yeah. hashtagging in like C4D and stuff like that. You know, there's there's quite a good community on Twitter for that sort of thing. Uh, Instagram's been massive as well. Weirdly enough, I wasn't into Instagram for a long time, and then everyone started posting work on it. I thought maybe I should as well. But yeah, I mean, there's some people who put stuff out there, and you know, they're getting like thousands of likes a day like people oh my yeah. god yeah like he, he's obviously the, the granddaddy of this sort of thing but yeah there's a lot of recent guys um it's just ridiculous behance is good i think a lot of people go there for just um you know to see what's like trending at the moment so yeah. i put my stuff on there i don't go for everything like i do have a facebook page but i don't update it too often because i'm a bit lazy and don't go on facebook these too much these days it's another unnecessary sort of distraction but yeah i think those are those are big ones i, I would definitely sort of like yeah go for behance get your stuff on twitter maybe and things like that and just start sort of trying to interact more with the community if you can yeah slack as well slack slack's yes. a big one now they're popping up everywhere yeah <laughs> yeah um we we have a user group here in new zealand and um we've actually caught up quite a few times through that group yes in new zealand it's been and good um, fun yeah it has been and we've been um collaborating and doing some joint projects yes. the round trips we should plug that one definitely yeah <laughs> recently <laughs> finished <laughs> we'll put a link season two as well yeah yep. so it's an annual project where everybody has an opportunity to submit six seconds of animation and we join it all together in this um beautiful mess of a <laughs> intense collaborative project and no it's, it's been going really well it's fun isn't it it's like it, it, it feels like you're sort of like final year show at uni when you go and see it and everyone's there and like contributing their bit and yeah as um as my friend said at the thing he's like the in the last year it's like the the level of qualities stepped up a massive amount so it's it's interesting to see how it's going to go in the future and getting more yeah. people involved maybe so 
And I hear about a lot of other um, groups for Cinema 4D or Adobe or any of the tools that you're looking for. I think it's just um, reaching out and seeing what is in the area close to you to meet people doing the same thing as what you are. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think this 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 user group has actually been really good. Like for years, I was looking on um, the Meetup um, page, for example, trying to find uh, like a motion group or something. And there was programmers and there was user... Uh, UX designers and stuff but nothing for motion so um, yeah to finally have it like in the last year or so yeah, it's nice to actually catch up and actually put names to the faces of people you sort of talk to and see online so yeah yeah I, I had exactly the same experience I was um, waiting for someone to do it and then I kind of realised that no one was going to so that's you <laughs> yourself up now you're stuck with it yeah step forward <laughs> But hoping others will come and um, start pushing it further. Yeah. And I'll take a step back. Yeah, yeah. Finally, <laughs> pass off your protege to someone else and let them do the work. Yeah. No, it's, it's really great to connect with um, people who are passionate about the same things that you are and not having to dumb down the conversation sometimes. Yep. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really um, refreshing because I think yeah. a lot of us are always communicating our ideas and our work to um, clients or even co-workers who don't know the technical aspects and and you find yourself constantly reframing so that they can understand. Yeah. <laughs> I think the frustrations are normally a common uh, connection in the group, isn't it? It's like yeah. yeah, when you can appreciate the pain that you go through for some certain aspects of things that have to be done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And... Um, that's that's a joy and part of the process. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's no escaping that for sure. And now it's time for the pro video packs. We've got a few little sections that we like to do here in the podcast. So we'll start with your pick of the week. So that could be an application website resource that you have found that helps you with your creative work. Pinterest one for me is just it's something I've just got pinned every day. Um, and just yeah just just for finding good sort of reference and just seeing what's going on out there um it's just this big collection of stuff that's constantly streaming to my um page so yeah it's hard really to find one thing i suppose i would say that i'd use every day but that is something that's just to keep you motivated and just to keep finding new ideas and inspiration and stuff like that so yeah pinterest is great man are you finding that you're looking for people creating similar work or are you looking for the genesis um quite something that's going to spark that idea for you well that's true i mean it's kind of yeah the one the one bad thing about pinterest is obviously you get a lot of very similar works out there because you can see you can even see like how one thing leads into another um so it's also you know a very good idea as well to be researching like more abstract stuff like i don't know like nature for example or yeah. like the, the ideas behind what have driven people it's a good one for sure for just like seeing like what people are doing and um be careful of using that for reference directly i would say because we'll all end up making the same video <laughs> um okay so any other podcasts that you listen to regularly um the collective i suppose i would say the uh, ash thorpe's one obviously that's a that's an obvious one obvious um but i haven't had a, it, it's a long podcast I've, I've listened to quite a few but um yeah i've still got a huge amount to catch up on with that it's a big commitment. It is. It is a big commitment. It's like two hours every whenever it's released. And yeah, I've, I've got thousands of hours still to go. But there's some really good ones on there. Um, recently listened to the one with um, Raoul Marx. And yep. yeah, I think it's like that's two years behind. So I've got a long way to go still in catching up. Um, still listen to the Grayscale Gorilla one actually a lot. Mm. I've been getting into a lot of that again recently. He's got some um, 
the new guys on there now as well. So it's Chad. Yeah, and, Chad. That's right. And Chris. Yeah. 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 It's been great um, since they sort of relaunched that and the last 25 episodes mm. have been uh, regular and some great content coming out of it. Yeah. A lot more sort of just sort of just general chat, I suppose, about sort yeah. of the state of CG and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So I find that quite interesting. But um, yeah, not always a huge amount of time for podcasts. Like I, ca- I can't listen to podcasts and work at the same time because I start. And working from home, from home, you don't have the commute. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, I know that. And that is one thing that, you know, you kind of, it's quite nice having a commute. <laughs> okay. Separate that. <laughs> so learning is something that all of us have to just keep pushing through. True. Do you have any tutorials or YouTube channels, training sites that you would recommend to anyone? Um, yeah, I mean, that the plural site one, that what used to be Digital Tutors, is fantastic. Um, there was heaps of stuff for rigging and character animation, which I learned off that. And they had stuff for Cinema 4D, which was quite unusual. Um, Lester Banks is good, if you know that one. It's kind of more of a collection of um, tutorials that you post regularly. So Quite I, regularly, yeah. Quite regularly. And there's all sorts on there, from Maya to Cinema yeah. to... Houdini so I would I always have that sort of bookmarked um, which is more of a sourcing tutorials from across yeah exactly the it's not it's not like one putting one out particularly um, one that I have been impressed with and it's probably not going to be applicable to everyone it's because it's mainly for Houdini but um, mm-hmm. the guys from Aexponsor have recently done um, their site called Entagma and um, it's really interesting stuff it's uh, they're all quite short at the moment but it's kind of nice because you don't always have time to listen to two hour tutorials on how yeah. to make something but yeah, it's kind of there's a lot of stuff about doing tricks and stuff in Houdini, getting up to speed with that. Hopefully, it's going to be some more in-depth stuff and getting up to speed with it because there's a lot Houdini. A lot of the hard stuff is just trying to figure out the program initially. But um, they've got some really interesting stuff on there, and certainly some sort of uh, unique solutions to things that I haven't really been able to solve in Cinema 4D so far. So yeah, I'm looking to try and get into some more of that in the next year or so. Excellent. When time comes. <laughs> so let's plug a plug-in. If oh, you had to yeah. pick a plug-in, what one would it be? Plug-in. Um, not a plug-in as such, but one I use like day-to-day, because um, I do a lot of modeling and stuff, would be uh, HB Modeling Tools, mm-hmm. uh, made by Holger Byback, I think his name is. Um, yeah, it's just a collection of scripts, but really fantastic just sort of set of tools and um, scripts that kind of add to Cinema 40's modeling tools and just... Yeah, it's, it's 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 there's so many good things in there that just make it so much more easier for for a modeler. So that would be my. It's always the first thing I reinstall when I start up cinema. Excellent. Yeah, and then most of the other time it's just it's just small little things. I don't use too many big plugins. I mean, X Particles is great if you've got to do stuff like particle work and stuff, but it's just little things. There's one called Time Hide by um, a guy called Nicholas Rosenstein, and it's just a simple switch, but it just it basically cleans up your. Um, keyframe um manager so whatever you've selected is just visible there in the keyframe um window timeline timeline yeah yep. exactly I sound like a chump <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm talking about uh, every time yeah. i um set up a new version of cinema um as first things i do is go in and set the view settings and yeah. so that you're just um showing things from the object manager and uh, Little little tools like that, yeah, really do help. Just um, make it clear so you can dig in and do the work. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, out of curiosity, um, Grayscale Gorilla have just released HDR Link. Mm. Have you had a look at that yet? Um, no, I've seen the I've seen the video. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, d- I don't use HDR as a huge amount. I mean, a lot of my stuff's just done with uh, area lights and stuff. Yeah. And when I do use HDR, as I just, I would normally just drag them in. I can, I can appreciate like how it would be very useful for um to for like if you're working on look dev and you just want to try and find a nice HDR. Cool. But I don't know for for the price. I don't. It's not something I think I use a huge amount. So. And that, that's yeah. very much what you've got to weigh up when you're looking at purchasing these. Yeah. I think, if you, I think you know, if you're, if you're someone who's, um, you know, you're like a designer and you're just trying to get a good look in cinema and maybe you haven't, maybe you don't have like, you don't know how all the tools work necessarily. It is a very nice way, I guess, of getting um, different variation and things like yeah. that, which I think a lot of their tools is, you know, it's kind of, it's taking more complex concepts and just making them more accessible for people that maybe have a little bit more limited experience with the app. So wanting quick results without digging yeah. too deep yeah I've had that experience myself and then sometimes you want to evaluate the, the value of that if your projects get a little bit heavier mm, the, those those um, shortcuts and helpful tools can sometimes be the things that are slowing you down when it comes yeah. to final and output presets too but then again it is useful if you do have that thing where a client says I need this in two hours and it's like oh man exactly yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that so <laughs> finding the best place to use these things and yeah it's true it's, it's true. something that we all juggle and we walk down one road and you go oh whoops I think I'm going to have to backtrack here <laughs> <laughs> start over <laughs> yeah okay and um, where can people find you on the web best bet I would say is probably my website www.richnosworthy.tv um, I'm also on Twitter um, just Twitter slash richnosworthy Behance as well also I guess we'll just put, could put these in the show notes or something. Definitely will. Yep. Definitely will. Um, yeah. What happened to Generator, by the way? Generator. Oh, that was when I went. So when I went freelance, I thought it's time to find a new name. Um, specifically, there was another company in Auckland called Generator. Mm-hmm. Um, they made Vector Arena, I believe. So <sighs> the website name was wouldn't have been, it was already taken. And yeah, um, I, I did think about trying some other names as well. But um, a good friend of mine, Joey from School of Motion, yes. recommended um, just going as a freelancer and just, yep. just using your own name because it's it's more personal and, you know, it's, you know, getting your name out there is probably more valuable than just a, a pseudonym or something else, I think. So yeah. I, 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 I'm glad I did it anyway. Yeah. It's interesting with, say, Grayscale Gorilla, how it's, it's probably worked out quite well now that there are more people on the team. So when you blow yeah. up and you've got a number of co-workers True. or employees, yep. they'll all be re- working at Rich Nosworthy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think when you, if you've got a bigger team, then it's definitely, that's when, you, that's when the name really, uh, really helps. So um, do you have any inspirational videos to watch? Yeah, probably not. I mean, I haven't been following too much of Lakes. I've been quite busy, but a couple of favorites I would say would be um, most stuff by Zeitgeist, if you guys know them, uh, Berlin company. Um, one in particular, I think it was done with Matt Frodsham was the main guy on it as well, called Birds, which I really liked. It was just an interesting look. It's like a character animation of lots of birds, um, but all done in very sort of abstract and surreal sort of styles, which is very sort of typical of their work. Um, that's a, a firm favorite of mine for sure. Yeah, I check that one out. Excellent. Um, also another one I always come back to it's about four years old now is one called um, NYC Style Frames by Tendril Studio it was done with them and um, another guy Anthony Scott Burns he's a really talented director he's been working with Ash Thorpe recently that was one I saw a few years ago and really stuck with me we should put that in the links as well but it's a very we'll very moody piece awesome thank you so much Rich for coming in hey and pleasure man talking with me today always a pleasure man we should do it more often we will <laughs> we will here's to the start of your new show 
I'd like to say thank you to worldpodcast.com who are proudly presenting this episode and recommend that you check out their website for all the other great shows that they have. I personally have really enjoyed the latest episodes of Stupid Questions for Scientists. I found it a hilarious discussion between scientists and comedians. Really recommend you checking it out. Another great show, the Social Media Strategy Podcast. Social media is such an important part of day-to-day business. Really recommend you checking out that show as well. I hope that you've enjoyed the show. Please take a moment to go to iTunes, leave a comment, leave a review and rate the show. It helps so much for others to be able to find the show as well. If you could do that, I'd be really grateful. So thank you. Again, thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.